0: i uh, happy to see most of you and feel sorry for some of you. <laughs> You'll understand by the end of the meeting, I'm sure. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I believe uh, Job wants to have fun. And uh, my basic philosophy is when I'm here, if you don't, it's your fault, not mine. Because I am really a fun guy. I believe heaven's fun. Uh, If the joy of the Lord is your strength, being a sourpuss has very little value. And, uh, but you're free to be that way. No pressure. I don't believe in pressure. Pressure doesn't work. Let me tell you what my purpose is. I believe this with 96% of my heart. Um, I'm looking for the next great spiritual awakening. Um, At some times I'll say I don't really believe in revival. At times I'll say things like I don't really believe in um, spiritual portals that suddenly open over some place for some mysterious reason and then stays open for a while and a bunch of, my goodness, a bunch of, a bunch of cool stuff happens and then it stops. Come on. Well, I I really, I believe in all of that, but I believe in something more than that. I believe in the gospel. And I believe that um, our nation has put their trust in uh, natural leaders, natural politicians. Um, I am for President Obama because he's president. I don't necessarily agree with his policies. But I pray for him. I believe in the institution of the presidency. And I believe he's duly elected. Um, but I must say this. He did not get us in the mess or in. Now he's got us heading a lot deeper in it, I think, personally. But he's probably doing the best he can with what we gave him. Eight years of a Christian president gave him this. Now I'm not criticizing anybody. I'm making observations. And our nation put their trust in a godly president instead of in the Lord and we we when you don't trust God you just get what you get well, oh there are those people I wonder if everybody went Now Palmer one of these guys looks like you I'm not going to tell you which one it is but uh it was, I but I spy I, But what I believe in, I believe in the church being awakened to the reality of God. Now, I'm anointed. I've got an anointing. I've had an anointing. It doesn't always mean you'll think I'm anointed, but I don't care. Let me get all that out in the open. I don't believe I bring a special anointing. I believe my job is to wake the church up to the anointing of the Spirit of God resident in every single believer. And I believe when that happens, when people wake up to the reality, oh gosh, what Jesus did. I'd rather have Jesus than a revival. I'd rather have Jesus than a quote, anointing, unquote. I'd rather have Jesus than some kind of esoteric, profound, and deep revelation. I'm really going to have to hang on, I think, Jim, actually, instead of letting go. But uh, let me say this. We have, let me ask you this, how many of you have ever been to a concert or a big event that you really wanted to participate in and see? And as you got your ticket, you hoped, I hope this is a terrible seat. It's it's about like people that don't believe in prosperity. Anybody that wakes up in the morning hopes they're poor. Or but how many of you? How many of you you, you went to something and you thought, I hope I have the sorriest seat in the house. I hope I pay the most and sit behind a column and can't can't hear, can't see, can't participate. Nobody does. I I would always any conference I ever went to, I was sneaking around. I was looking for a higher seat. I want to get where the action is. And you, you may not believe this, but a lot of times the anointing's up front. You may not believe this, but the anointing will localize itself. You may not believe this, but there can be inanimate objects saturated with the presence of God that will release signs, wonders, healings, and miracles. I know what I'm talking about. I got this from the Bible. Then I've seen it in real life. We had a ficus tree. Wasn't even a live tree. It was a dead tree. Wasn't even a dead tree. It was a fake tree. Wasn't even a tree. (laughs) And we could dip that tree on people and the power of God would hit them. Now, I'm not apologetic. I should be. I'm not. I should be. I want to be. But I'm not. Because I can't apologize for the reality of the spiritual realm I discovered through knowing Jesus and reading the Bible. And from Paul's body, aprons came. And people were not just touched. They were delivered from demons. Oh gosh, what is that like? And do not... Well, I'm not wearing socks. So I know you can't get the socks. But I'm a, this coat's got juice in it, lady. Lady. Can you feel anything? Tell the truth. Oh, you were stepping on my foot. That's why it wouldn't eek out there. So she's for the record, she said, no, I'm sorry. But I know different. You can have something and not know you've got it. You can be somewhere and not know you're there. I heard people say, "You can't have the power of God on you not know it." You can, you idiot. Pardon me, little I in italics soda. Anybody take that personally? Let me say this, we have the best seat in the house. We have the best seat in the Let's say that together. Let's say I. Forget we. If that guy next to you doesn't believe, leave him out of it. Let's say I. I have, stop right there. I not I won't. Not I W A N T want. I have the best seat in the house. And I'm going to tell you. You get what you get based on where you're seated. You sit in the back behind the column. You don't get jacked. But you get what you get based on where you're seated, based on where you are. And you can be somewhere and not know you're there. You can have something and not know you have it. There are people that had cancer. They didn't know the way on down the line they got cancer. That's the negative. That's the negative having and not knowing. But you can have something profound and not know it. You can have something definitive inside of you and not know it. You can be seated in a place of unbelievable spiritual dynamic reality and not even know it. And as far as you're concerned, you're not. As far as your faith is concerned, you're you're not, as far as your perspective is concerned, you're not. So effectively, you're not. And still be seated right there. When the uh, Charlotte Hornets first came to Charlotte, my son Andy. Now, Philip, stand up a second. There is not a dime's worth of difference between Philip Wicker and Andy McMillan. If you don't know my son, if you know Philip, you know him. They're
1: connivers.
0: (laughs) If you got a dime and they got a nickel, by the end of the day, they got 15 cents. Somebody tell me I'm wrong. (laughs) They don't suffer fools gladly. Anyway. My son Andy and I went to a hornet game and we had seats in the nosebleed. That's where you need binoculars. to see someone with binoculars who's watching the game. And when they clap, you clap. When they jump, you jump. When they shout, you shout. That's as close as you get. So Andy and I were up there and we saw way down not like on the front row, but like six or eight rows back. We saw this area didn't have that many people sitting. So I said, Andy, why four and a half? Let's go down and get those seats. So we went down there. Pulled up in that area, sat down. Now, they had given Andy a basketball. They gave kids stuff at the game, but he was bouncing this basketball, and driving everybody around nuts, off the rail, off the floor, you know. And these people sitting around us had pieces of paper and they were writing stuff down.
1: I thought, what are they writing down?
0: Then right before the half ended, one of them tapped me on the shoulder and said, "Uh, you're sitting in George Shin's seat. (laughs) George Shin owned the Hornets. And he just came in across the way there. You'd be smart just to... uh, now here's the thing, any, any of the any of the season ticket holders, everybody there knew whom George Shin came. Everybody knew where George Shinn sat. All of those people saw where I sat. All of those people saw me get up with Andy and walk out because that was not my... And I went back up where I was born. And the people that watched me knew. The people who I was with knew. They had season tickets. They knew what I was doing. I was humiliated and didn't know it. I found out. Those people sitting around writing that stuff down were uh, employees of the Hornets taking stats, fouls, blah, blah, blah but I lost my seat. Now, in Ephesians 1, let's read a couple of verses of Scripture. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Ephesians. Please laugh at my jokes. It makes me feel better. Paul's Revelation, Ephesians 1, 3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, listen to the verb tense, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing where? In the heavenly places in Christ. Now, if God has blessed us with every, what's left? Nothing. You with me? There's a reality where when we ask God for something more, it's as though He says no. But what he's really saying is, I've already done it. I've got nothing left to give. Now, we know that's not absolutely true because he can create new stuff really easily. But that's not the point. The point is, you already have been blessed with every, somebody say, every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. Now, what is going on here in your congregation, and has been going on for months, years maybe, is that people are tapping into what they have. This is not some, quote, move of the Spirit, unquote, that's someday going to leave. And even if it seems like it leaves, it's going to be just like the wedding of Cana where the wine failed because the wine or the Spirit will seemingly fail so that there is another exercise of faith and the one that can turn plain, ordinary, common water into that kind of living water, which is what wine is. So you never have to worry about, will this stop? What you need to be concerned about is, do you understand why it's going on? See, that's where I start sealing up the vortexes in my mind and sealing up the portals in my mind in seeing this Revelation one open door. The kind of door that the Bible says when God opens it, no man can close it. Or when God closes a door somewhere, no man, no demon, no idea, no ideology, nothing can open it. Because when God does something, it stays done. Well, oh, I have a brass heaven. No, you don't. You think you do. You've got an open door. You've got more than that. It's just word pictures to energize the presence and power of God because it's a faith operation. These are word pictures. Uh, Is there a literal door? I don't know. I don't care. I go in. I come out. It's never closed. Anytime I want to, I go in. I come out. Anytime I want to, it's never closed. I can get into that, but it's something else. All right, now, Ephesians 1, 6. I'm not going to read that. Let's go to Ephesians 2, 5 and 6. We're talking about having what? The best seat. The best seat in the house. Now, I found out what happens when you sit in the wrong seat. In Ephesians 2, 5, even when we were dead, in trespasses, He made us alive together with Christ, and then there's a parenthesis, by grace you have been saved, and did what? Raised us up together and did what? Mine says, made us. Seated. Made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Now when I was in second grade, I remember this very well. We had assigned seats, and we were made to sit there. And I had to sit by this girl I did not like a bit, and she had the hots for me, believe it or not, as much hots as you can have in the second grade. <laughs> and she wouldn't leave me alone. She'd follow me in the cafeteria and sit by me in the cafeteria. One day, she spilled a bowl of vinegar on me, and I hate vinegar. I've been on a diet here for a while and the only good nice little sweet thing you can have is dinner and I don't even eat it. I just eat my lettuce neutral. and it's her fault. But I didn't have any choices to where I sat. I was made to sit there. And see, whether you know it or not, see, God skips steps. We have this concept of spirituality is the seven ways to the fifteen steps, to the nine augmentations, to rapid spirituality. And we buy the books we got I could listen, we can fill up a library with all the tapes and books you guys have at home trying to clean out the shortcuts. Come on. No? Oh, come to my house. I've got it. Spent forty years looking for a shortcut. But the amazing thing is God skips steps. While you were dead in trespasses and sins, He made you alive, raised you up, and sat you in the midst of every single powerful, energizing, needful, spiritual reality. And there is no better seat in the house. And here's what I'm discovering. He made us sit together. Now, that's the complication I've already mentioned. You may have to sit up there with people you don't like. But that'll be all right. Probably like everybody in heaven. do you think that would be? Know? No, how's he see? Can't, can't call the man for wanting to see. But you're seated. You're seated. Made made to sit. My goodness, I don't know if you had a daddy like mine, but my daddy said sit down, I sat down. We can say sit down on the couch. I would I would figure out how to enjoy that. (laughs) Made to sit. Now see there's one aspect of made to sit which implies we don't have any choice. I'm thankful there's some things I have no choice about. One of the things I'm happy I have no choice about is that when I got saved, He put me in the best place available. I don't mean currently available. I mean eternally available. He sat me down in, as it were, a throne. He sat me down in a place of authority and power and release and manifestation and kindness and goodness and excessive marvelousness from God Himself. He put me in that place he never asked me if I wanted to go. He knew it was good for me, and he said, "Sit." And I spent forty years trying to figure out where I'm seated, how this works, but he put me there as a sinner, Ranked sinner, when I was dead. Then, then, um, being the studious man that I am, I was reading. Word studies in Weiss, New Testament word studies. And the first one, word I read was abide. And, and we says was one of John the Apostle's favorite words. Now, to abide somewhere, we're supposed to abide in Him and He in us. Let me do a little theological concept here. I believe there's power in me I'm abiding. He's abiding in me, and I believe there's power on me. I'm in Him. That means there's something on the outside. He's in me. That means there's something on the inside. That means an anointing and power can come up out of the inside because of those rivers of living water that dwell in me. That at any moment can spring forth and do something marvelous to anyone at any time, but I also believe in that external anointing that can come down, which is simply God releasing an external experience in Him, where everybody can sense it and feel it, no matter what spiritual state you may be. And sometimes that internal thing has to do with heart issues, but there's this external. Oh, And you get it. You see. But abide means stay put. Stay means you're somewhere. It's very simple on how to just be in Christ. Stay. Remain. You can wake up thinking you're not in Christ. No. You are, you just don't get it. You don't have to do something to get there. It just dawns on you. Oh, he said to stay. You don't have to struggle. You don't have to go get. You you don't even have to pray. I wonder what some people are praying for for 24 hours a day. Sometimes these are the only people that really seem to be this Now I'm not against prayer, I'm not against vortexes, I'm not against portals. I'm for the reality of the gospel that just gets left in the dust. And what you what you do, you don't know this, but when you don't receive this fullness of the gospel, you are saying by your lifestyle. God didn't do enough. Jesus was not sufficient. His death, burial, and resurrection was not good enough for me. His ascension into the heavenly realms never really changed anything. This release of the Holy Ghost was not sufficient. Now, I'm Presbyterian born, but I'm Pentecostal oriented because I have someone inside of me that won't be quiet! And I know I'm not everybody's cup of tea. But just drink anyway.
1: Oh, 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 oh.
0: Don't get, do not clap. Do not, do not encourage me. Do not get me started. No, do not. Where's my power drink? Give the boy. That's right. Help that boy. A future former fat boy. Now, let's have a deal. If you want to leave, I'm I'm not offended to understand when people have to go. I mean that with all my heart. I'm not tricking you. But I have a few more things to say. Come on, okay. But do not feel obligated to listen. And I mean that with all my heart because what I have to say and what I understand about the Gospel, if it's not freely received, it's not really received. If you somehow feel uh, you must do something because of what I say, or must receive, or must act, or must roll, or must laugh, or must snicker, or must cry, or must not, then you're not getting it. This is a free gift. What I've understood is this is a free gift. You just receive it if you don't want to, if you don't understand it, if it's not time for you. I understand that. I do. Now, the river. What's the name of this church? The river. river.
1: Life. Thank you.
0: Need to press it up. Part 2. Now, Ezekiel 47 talks about the river. The river. This is a mysterious chapter. I mean that. Then he brought me back to the door of the temple and there was water flowing from under the threshold of the temple toward the east. Now, you might ask yourself, if you were someone like me, and I happen to be just like me. uh, What is strange about that statement there? Well, this is the answer. Jesus and Ezekiel had thoroughly measured the temple. And if you'll read all the way back to like Ezekiel 44, 45, you will read at least 30 times the words he measured. Now, when Jesus measures something, it's thoroughly measured. If you're walking with him, you have seen basically all there is to see. And suddenly, it turns out that Ezekiel had failed to see that there was a massive water leak going out the door. And so, Jesus, I believe that's who that was, the man with the measuring rod. Could have been an angel. Doesn't matter. Either way, Bible, it's true. It's important. Let's say it was the Lord. The Lord began to take Ezekiel and, and you hear these words over and over about the depth of the water to the ankles, to the knees, to the waist, to swim in. He took me through. He took me through. The water up to my ankles. He was wet. His shoes were wet. His socks were wet. Whatever he had on. Sandals. Then to the knees. He was wet from the knee down. Then to the waist. Then they're swimming. Water's to swim in, he said. And since he was going through, he and Jesus were doing the Australian crawl. or They were treading water and talking. But they were wet. say wet? wet? Why were they wet? They are in the river. Now, you you may think that's redundant, that's ridiculous, and that's overstated. But wait a minute, look what Jesus says to it. Let me read in 5. Measured a thousand cubits. It was a river I couldn't cross. Water too deep. One must swim. A river that could not be crossed. Then verse 6. Jesus says to Ezekiel, son of man, have you seen this? Seen it? Have you seen this? Now, there's a lot to say about that. There have been people in the house of God who have never seen anything about it real. They've got some life, but, but I'm, and I'm not discrediting it. They're born again. They can be saved. They can be filled with the Spirit. All of that. But they have never seen this. Now, that's one way of looking at that. And this, this river is so important that Jeremiah would prophesy, my people have committed two great evils They have forsaken Me. And He describes Himself as the fountain of living waters. Same picture, same water, same focus, same idea. And hewed out for themselves, broken sisters that can't hold any of it. Two great evils. So they're swimming. Jesus says, have you seen this? I've been praying, what is that about? I could say, have I seen that? Um well I've been in some of it. Have I seen everywhere this river go, everyone healed? No. That's the promise. Have I seen that everywhere this river goes, there's life? No. There's the promise. And have I seen that everywhere this river goes, there's a great, an abundant catch of fish? No. I've not seen that. Those are all Ezekiel promises made Connected to that rubber. But so I, I go through this saying, Have you seen this? Have you truly seen this? Meaning, is it as important to you, Ezekiel, as it is to me? Have you perceived its value? Have you understood its significance? Have you discerned its capabilities? Have you identified who it is? Well, let me tell you something else. This is so simple, it's ridiculous. In Joel, 18. It will come to pass in that day that the mountains shall drip with new wine, the hills shall flow with milk, all the brooks of Judah shall be flooded with water, a fountain shall flow from the house of the Lord. Here is the reason I believe the Lord is saying, have you seen this? The majority of the church world is waiting on the river to flow the church. In other words, they're waiting on another move. They're waiting on another anointing. They're waiting on another outcome. They're waiting on. they're waiting on, they're waiting on, they're waiting on, they're praying about, they're asking for
1: oh God. We need yada yada yada, and he's going. What? Did you not read Ephesians one six?
0: But see, here's here's the reality. This river. He that believes on me into his out of his out of his out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. This spake he of the Holy Ghost, who had not yet been given, because Jesus had not yet been glorified. Then he was, and it came, and he's here. Everyone in this building saved. Just wave at me. Secretly, if necessary. (laughs) How many of you have had a baptism in the Holy Ghost?
1: I got nothing to give you.
0: I do. I have a lot to give you. I have confidence in what the Bible says, I have the reality of what God says can happen. That in a place like Mooresville, North Carolina, in a place like this, out of this place can flow rivers of living water that knows no bounds. And the farther it goes, the deeper it gets. Because it's supernatural. And you have that because it's it comes out of where you are seated. Yes, it comes out of where you're seated. You don't have to go get some. You've got some. You don't need another touch. You've been touched. Now, you may be confused. You may you touch your stuff all up here. But it didn't say out of your noggin. Out of your understanding. Out of your thought processes, most people got crummy
1: thought processes.
0: They don't think outright. Listen, God's not a brain. He's not the great big brain trust in the sky. He's not a big thinking thinker, thought brain, gray matter eternal. He's spirit. And that ought to scare the dickens out of anybody with any sense. He is. How do you know? Oh man, you got How do you know when God's around? How do you know? You can't see him. He's invisible. So when you don't see him, you can know without a doubt he's there. And a friend of ours says he's never late? When's God going to show up? Where'd He go? Why is He never late?
1: He ain't got anywhere to go.
0: He's he's got this idea of abiding. When's the Lord going to show up? When are you going to knock that fog out of your head? What aspects of the New covenants? our minds renewed? krabash Shindola, Musaka, Usbah, Morion, Morion, Morion Masne, Olas, makan Ratini, I'm warming up for a major prophecy over this young man. I'm gearing up. I'm letting the fire, just. I'm letting the coals just steep a little bit until i drop just a little bit of holy ghost gasoline on that thing so it burst into prophetic power for you have great enemies you have those that resist you mightily but they are yet to discover they're completely undone they are yet to discover they are Walking in wet tennis shoes on a slippery log. And the wind's howling and I'm shaking the log. And when they come crashing down, your heart shall break. Because you shall care more about your enemies than they ever cared about you. And God shall use you. God shall cause your mouth to be anointed in evangelism, in proclamation, in prophetic utterance. Just like you ask me for again and again
1: Oh Oh, you
0: better circle the wagons. You don't want to get smote with glory, you better cover up, You better duck, You better get out of the way! Glory come, glory, glory touch,
1: glory fall. (laughs) <laughs> I have a couple of
0: goals in life <laughs> I want to be a radical superpower. I do I, don't,
1: I want to be a I want to be a
0: master. I told uh, Byron I told Hooper I had a a vision I don't know if I talk about it it's not, not because I saw something so wonderful, but it was vague. But I saw, as I was sitting here, I saw just over here, this angelic, dude. just not, not clear, don't, not great. But I knew he, he was a glory angel. And, and I know that the Lord gives angels to the heirs of salvation. And some of these angels, somehow, I don't understand how this works, but I know it works. You can be seated right where you are. Best seat in the house. And the glory of the presence of that angel can so touch you, can so heal so you, can fix your marriage, can fix so many things. And I can't talk about it. I'll start crying. I can't talk about it much because... But it's real. Listen, we... we we, we don't even have our toes in this river. Have you seen this? We don't, we're barely in there. Now, you know all my theology about where you're seated, but the practical aspect of it, as I say, we just have our toes in. That's the experiential level. We're not going to get a better seat. We're not going to be a better place. But we're discovering. We're discovering. We're waking up. And the day's going to come when the church is going to say, uh, in large measure, why were we so dull?
1: Oh, my.
0: Okay. So many places in the Bible God has this picture. Genesis 28, I won't read all this. Jacob. That's Scott. He, he, at a moment of weakness, acquired his brother's blessing and then through subterfuge, dishonesty, and collusion. Look that one up. You don't know what that is. That's two people in business lie together to be the third party out of something. Collusion. They, they function in collusion to steal... His birthright, which was leadership of the family. Double portion, but not just two. It's a geometric inheritance. Now you become responsible for the rest of the family to some regard, but but it was a place of authority. It was a place of privilege. And so he has done that to his brother Esau. And his mother says, you better leave. Esau's going to kill you dead. And as he runs having functioned in consensual deception and dishonesty for personal gain, God shows up.
1: And He doesn't say, you bad, bad boy!
0: He says, you know those promises I gave your father Abraham that your seed... It be as the stars of the heavens and the sand of the sea. You know, now they're saying there are probably as many stars as our sands in the sea. There are more than we knew. And in your sea, the nations of the earth will be blessed and all of this territory I have given you
1: I'm thinking, where's the rebuke?
0: Well, he had Laban right down the street. And when Laban beat him out of stuff, Jacob said, "How could anybody treat anybody like that?"
1: <laughs>
0: That's better than a rebuke. That's getting your... well, it's, it's getting your character fixed. That um, Now, if it doesn't get fixed at all because you're honorable, it at least gets fixed because you think, any idiot wouldn't want another 14 years of that. That's a good enough reason to change. Yeah. Burn me once. Shame on you. Burn me twice. I'm a fool. But here's what happens. He has a vision of a ladder. Going into the heavens. And angels are doing what? Going up, they're here. They're coming down. What are they going up to do? Were they working out? Even if there was a fat angel, it would be by purpose. Now they're going up to get stuff, to bring it down for a believer. And you know what a ladder is, don't you? It's a vehicle of access that's in two places at the same time. Where you are and where you want to be. Who is that ladder? Jesus. Where is He? See, that means you're where you are and where you want to be. Because you've got the best seat in the house. And then Jacob wakes up. Did you hear that? Jacob Wakes up. And here's what he says. God is in this place. And I didn't know. Surely this is the gate of heaven. This is the house of God. I'll give. Immediately, this generosity comes up. Immediately. You go with me. I'll give you 10% of everything ever comes my way just as my admission of who you are. Let me say this. God is in this place. No other not. You're seated in a place of absolute benefit and blessing. Right now, seated in that place, blood chemistry is being altered. Right now. Bipolar is being reversed. Right now. Sinus conditions are dying. Listen. Listen to this. There have been betrayals. There are those in this place who have been shot in the back and you are going to get healed today. Why don't you stand up? Why don't you stand up if you've been betrayed? Don't hesitate. Don't worry. Just get up if that's you. You've been spoken evil of. You've been shanghaied. You've been belittled, whatever it is. Don't fail to, listen, I am a very generous man, but when, when, when anointing for release comes, you have to respond. You can't sit there and get this in your head. You can receive it by faith. You need to respond. Uh, we had a woman, six broken, six broken in six places in her left arm. The doctor told her, you, you will never be able to fully use that. Never raise it over your head. Never tell the bottom... Use it again. And she pulled her brace off and just, she wailed. She wailed. Oh, she sounded, she wailed in appreciation for what God was doing. And I didn't touch her. I just said, Here's what I think is going to happen. And the Spirit of God. Now, here's what you do. This is ridiculous, but just enjoy this. That thing, I yell a lot. I'm sorry. That thing lodges in here. Some of you may actually have stunk conditions and don't even know what's wrong. Ear bowel syndrome, or, uh, or hopping around intestine. What do you call that? I don't. I don't usually say intestine, but. People think I'm a redneck so I just have them. Well, I don't care much, but here's what I want you to do. Jesus said the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Now for each one, I want you to do this for yourself. Where is the kingdom of heaven? At hand. Take your right hand and lay hold of your own healing, deliverance, recovery, whatever it is, by faith. You don't have to feel anything. You don't have to feel a thing. Lay hold of that. And when you have that by faith, don't do this yet. I want you to really pop yourself good right there. Really pop yourself good right there. Get that thing out. It's real. Say out. Get it out. Out. If once is good, twice is better. Come on. Reach in there and lay hold. Lay hold of eternal life.
1: Yeah.
0: Do this. Release whoever did that to you. They didn't know what they are doing. You, you're going to see in eternity it was unintentional even if they meant it. They didn't know what they were doing. That's why you, people do bad stuff to me and I go, oh, they didn't know what they were doing. Yeah, they did. Oh, well. No, nah, Jesus said they didn't. Father, forgive them because they don't know. How stupid can the church be? They don't know. Yeah, but he did it on purpose. Yeah, but he didn't know what he was doing. He didn't know. But when we think, we know. We get that thing in us. but You go grab a little Holy Ghost juice, get some power juice, whoop it around in there. Do something ridiculous, but have fun. This isn't supposed to be. This is supposed to be fun. Get up in there. Come on, help me, help me, help me, help me. This is for you. This is not for me. Come on, come on. Hey get get real listen. Hey this is fun. Act like a 4-year-old and you get healed. Act like a 4-year-old and you get healed. Act like a 4-year-old. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. Now, let me, let me tell you your future. You're going to dream again. And when I say dream again, I don't just mean have nice dreams at night. I mean, you're getting the future back. You can dream again. You can dream again. Now, let's do some warfare. Let's say I'm, I'm dreaming again. I'm, Dreaming again. I'm whole again. I'm whole again. I disagree with not being whole. I am whole again. I am whole. I am whole. I am free. I am dangerously free. I am dangerously whole. I am striking terror into my adversary, the enemy of my soul because he can see what I don't even see. I am whole again. I am free again. I am dangerous. Oh, thank you, Lord. Ooh, let's take a drink. Just breathe in the presence of God. (laughs) Just get some more. Get some more of what you already got. You got the best seat in the house. You may be seated at the Holy Ghost bar right now, but you got the best seat in the house. You know, there are a lot of people that really don't understand Holy Ghost drunkenness. I could prove to you without a shadow of a doubt that the kind of drunkenness we proclaim proceeds from God's throne. <laughs> this isn't some goofball, secondary, weird, odd um, experience it came from heaven well what do you think when the Holy Ghost came what was going to happen they were going to put up a big banner and start a seminary Holy Ghost University in Jerusalem and uh, everybody was going to put on their three piece black suits and the skinny tie and a white shirt and carry a huge Bible no they got drunk when the power of God showed up they couldn't
1: contain
0: the average normal atmosphere of heaven There's Jason if we come up here and got something to say?
1: Yeah.
2: Um and just let like that just continue to stir for a minute. There's something stirring in here right now. Come on, we're stirring it's it's not something external that's being added. It's, it's, it's what has already been in here. What has been resident in this house and in you is stirring right now. Just like Paul told Timothy to stir up. Right now there's a stirring. What's been happening this morning is stirring what is here. That fear has no place but power, love, and a sound mind. Right now there is power coming back to your hands. How many of you are beginning to feel that touch of God right now going from your elbows? To, it's like we were singing earlier about the fire in our bones, the electricity in our bones, the power that's in our hands. In Habakkuk 3, 4, it talked about that out of our hands would go flashings of light, lightnings, because there the power was hidden. But it talks about answered prayers. The answered prayers of the saints, they come with lightnings with thunders, with earthquakes. We have the keys of releasing destiny in our hands. And I saw a soldering iron being placed on the index finger of this house. I saw a soldering iron being placed on the prophetic finger of this house. A soldering iron that would bring together two members by a catalytic force. At John six sixty three, the words that would come out of this place, not just from the pulpit, but from you, from each and every person. Who would go through this place, who would come into the river and go out into the city as a carrier of that river would have that John 663 word that the words you speak would be spirit and life. There'd be deposits of the Holy Spirit that would be like glory bombs in the camps of the enemy that would displace, that would displace and would bring to ruin the plans of the enemy in your life and the lives of those around you. We are coming into a Proverbs 5:15 and Isaiah 12, 3. It says to drink water from your own cistern and to draw running water from your own well. Not stagnant water, not still water, but running. There is activity. There is an inner. How many of you feel that stirring right now? If you're feeling running water in your belly, just stand up. We're going to invite you to increase that running water. It says to drink water from your own cistern and running water from your well. In Isaiah 12, 3, it says this with joy we would draw water from this well right now we can begin to stir right now lord let it come lord i speak an increase lord we recognize what you're doing we recognize that all has been given to us and right now we just we put a demand on your word right now we draw water from these wells right now in the name of jesus In the name of Jesus. Oh, deep cries unto deep at the sound of your waterfall. Lord, right now, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Just invite it to increase right now that touch of God. That touch of God. That touch of God. It says in Habakkuk 3.9 that there's oaths, there's prophetic promises sworn over over the arrows of God. There are bows and arrows that have been placed in your hand right now. Just begin to, to pull back, to draw your bow. Start pulling some arrows out of your quiver right now and naming them after the promises of God over your life. That every spiritual blessing has already been given to you. That you would be the head and not the tail. That breakthrough, 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 breakthrough is not coming. Breakthrough is here. Breakthrough is not coming.